Welcome to my podcast, What the Fuck Spirit. If you made it past that name, this is going to be the podcast for you. This is going to be a no holds barred, no bullshit, open and honest conversation with Maria Leggett, and that's me, about all things spiritual. It's time to begin talking in an open and honest way about what spirituality is and what it is not. We're going to discuss all things woo-woo, witchcraft, spiritual, queer spirituality, medium versus psychic, energy healing, light work, shadow work, and any other bullshit that people want you to believe because it keeps them comfortable. It is time for you to grow. Let's go. Hello, hello, everybody. I am super, super excited. We have an amazing guest today. His name is Christian Armstrong, and we are going to be discussing autism today, which if you know anything about me, you know that this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart as it affects my family. My beautiful grandson has autism, and so I love to be able to get a perspective from an adult and how they move through things to help me to understand how I can better serve my grandson and other people that I come across with autism as well. So we're going to talk to Christian in just a second. Um, This week for me, what we have going on, we have Sunday night um, evening meditation through Temple of the Sacred Circle, if you want to sign up for that. And it starts at six o'clock. And then um, what else do we have? I have a a surprise thing that's going to be happening next week. Um, And it's going to launch on August 2nd. I'm super excited. I can't wait to talk about it. So watch my website, watch my Facebook page for all the things that are coming. So without further ado, let's bring on Christian. Hello, Christian. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am super excited to have you on here. And I just want to let everybody know, Christian Armstrong is a speaker, storyteller, and autism advocate who has fought to overcome the stigma around autism. Excellent. He is an inspiration to many, and his story is one of hope and determination. Christian is living proof that anything is possible if you set your mind to it. All right, Christian. So that's me talking you up. I am so excited to hear what you have to say. I, it just, it really gives me hope and it gives me, um, just massive amounts of hope and happiness to be able to see an adult living with autism. So I can look at all of the beautiful things that my grandson can be. Um, you know, right before we hopped on, we talked about how some people believe that autism is limiting and that really kind of irks my chain. Because, you know, just like I told you, I fully believe that autism is actually the other end of the spectrum, which is you are so much more open to all the things where those of us without it, we limit ourselves and we have all these things where we have to fit into this little box. And then there's you guys out there with all these beautiful color and this wonderful spirit spreading this beautiful energy, just being yourselves. And it's absolutely beautiful. So I am grateful, 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 and honored that you are here. So if you would, please just share some information about you with us. Glad to do so. So I I have spoken to a couple of middle schools and high schools starting out, uh, just sharing a little bit about my story. And I'm hoping to do more so, more of those speaking gigs. But my story is that I was diagnosed with autism around seven years old. 
And, you know, I was told by countless doctors with my parents in the room that uh, they said, your son cannot graduate high school. He cannot, um, he cannot go to university or college. He'll probably stay in your, in my parents' basement till I was about 40, 50 years old. Who knows how, what they were saying, but uh, they're saying if he has any dreams, like I know I'm a sports fanatic, football and hockey, they're like, nope, um, your son shouldn't get involved with football, hockey, probably can't get married. Like he's what we recommend, they said, is get involved with equestrian, riding horses and swimming, swimming lessons. And of course, I didn't want to do that. That wasn't my passion, wasn't what I wanted to do. So that gave me drive to go and prove all those critics wrong, the haters wrong. Excellent. Yeah. And it's like, and I continue to do so still today is I guess it's just that when, when someone says you can't do something, that's what really sets me off of it because it's like, well, take it from my story. Mm -hmm. I've, you know, I've, I've, I've played tackle football. I've been on stages performing, been in front of the camera. I've, um, I've, I've gone to university. I've traveled some of the world. It's just, you know, now you're going to go on and tell someone that they can't do something. It's, well, we see all these stories with other autistic individuals where it's like, we need to have this new, this new vision, this new mindset towards autism. And the mindset is that I say is autism. It's, it's not, I don't even want to use the word normal because what is normal autism Correct. Autism is not what society sees it as. You're right. Autism is not the way we see society. It's, I say it's a different way of learning. It's, it's, we always say it's a new ability too. A new ability and a new way of learning because it's, it, there is 9 billion different ways to learn. You can learn through audiobooks. You can learn through pictures, stories. You can learn through hands-on. I actually learned through hands-on, believe it or not. I, I'm a little bit visual, but mostly hands-on. Like if you were to tell me, um, if you were to explain something to me where to go for general directions, terrible with that. I, Google Maps is my best friend. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know about you, but, uh, but yeah, I carry Google Maps with me in like my own home city a lot of the times where it's, they someone might say oh how, how are you still using google maps you've lived here for how long fair enough that same person might say that that same person might have i don't know anger it, anger problems or they might have um jealousy problems or um or you name it they could deal with something but the thing is is me ha struggling with direction or processing verbal information that's just something I struggle with. Someone who's not autistic can can struggle with their with their own thing. Maybe maybe they have a money problem where, where they're counting every single dime and and they don't know how to live life to the fullest to content because they're always thinking mm -hmm. about money. They have a they have a pride problem. Maybe they're too egotistical about themselves. We got we got to 
put the narrow this down and just say what is autism because i don't everybody has their own opinion i i understand why someone might say autism is a disability because i used to think that way i used to but here's the thing is i believe we were all put on this earth for a reason we were created for something with a good with a purpose every mm -hmm. single one of us so you know if if you're if you're created to go and reach someone and help someone in the world if you're able to tell your story do something that's going to impact someone why is that a disability is yeah. if you can like for for me for instance i I share my story to help inspire and impact others. I that that's a good thing. I've I've ch I change lives doing that, and I hope many many are impacted by this, and I hope to do many more. I I can write a screenplay. I can write a story. No, well, I shouldn't say I can write a screenplay. I I I, I can write short screenplays so far, but I'm I'm very talented at writing. I can, I can explain sports to people very well. I can, that's not a disability. No, not at all. And it's not limiting. Like, exactly. It's, and people have got to stop looking at, oh, there's this little square box that they all get put on, right? It's called the spectrum for a reason. Everybody is affected in different ways. There are things that they may not be able to do naturally. Doesn't mean that they can't learn them. And everybody just functions very differently. Hundred percent. No, the like you, you want you want to know something is I'll, I'll tell you a short story about how to give like our viewers your viewers a new idea about how autism can actually be a gift in so many ways is. Oh please, please, please. So so many people would always like they because they would always tell my parents, oh years. Your son can't do a lot of things like the rest of people can. And, you know, I, I remember because I'm a football fan, I would sit with my dad on NFL Sundays uh, back in the day. We would watch football on the TV and he'd play games with me. And he'd say, OK, tell me uh, on offense with the team we're cheering for. Tell me which which side of the ball it's going to go to just before the quarterback or the center snaps the ball. And I'd say it's it's going to the ball's going to go down that hole. And uh, or I might say, or the quarterback's going to take a shotgun snap. He's going to fake the handoff. He's going to pass, you know, et cetera. I'm going to call the play. I would say five to 10 percent of the time I'd get it wrong. About 90 percent of the time I'd get it right. Yes. Where a lot of people, it's a it's a 50 50. They can't they can't read the sports plays. What's going on? I can read the plays. Mm -hmm. I can't I can't read social situations at work all the time where I work sometimes, but I can read sports situations, no problem. And, and someone might say, well, you know, if you can't read the social cues in the workplace, that that's, that's not smart or whatever like that. It's like that person who said that's probably the same person who can't read a sports play. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Well, and here's the thing, think about it, right? When you're looking at my son used to be a massive sports fan. So I kind of know a little bit about what you just said. So here's the thing, when you're looking at sports and you learn it, right, you know that there's only so many combinations that are going to happen. And because 
with autism and maybe this is with you, right? But with my grandson, he has like this vast knowledge. It's like he learns it and it's just stuck. Boom, in. But he has to be interested in it or it doesn't stick. And so like with my son, my son was a lot like that when he was young, right? And so there's only so many things you can kind of, you can predict it. You're watching the moves, you're watching the things where in a social situation, correct me if I'm wrong, people are unpredictable. And that can be really scary and overwhelming because it's how are you going to react to me? If I do this, how are you going to react to that? That's just it. You know, I, when I was like a little kid going into elementary school, I, I had a hard time talking to students and teachers and making friends in school, believe it or not. It's ironic because I'm a speaker on this podcast now. I couldn't speak to many people at all. Very like one word answers. And I, I would, I actually had a, like some people call them EA. I called them learning assistant teachers who come alongside of me. To help me in school they would be at recess or like on our support blocks when other students were doing another class they would do uh role play with me where they would say okay pretend i'm a, another student how would you approach me so they would teach me uh new ways to interact now like now of course i've practiced that role play so many times so now i am the way i am and i still get better as I go. However, oh, I still can't read social situations like other people can. I will say I have the confidence to approach a stranger. No problem. I can do that now. But it's sometimes when they think a certain thought or when they react a certain way, I'm kind of thinking, why the heck did they just react that way? It, some, right. and a, a friend of mine would say, oh, it's because of this. And you know, then there's me being like, that makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I absolutely do. So, and this is like, this is the only, I'll talk about my grandson a lot because that's my only frame of rest, my frame of reference. Um, I do have some other adult friends with autism, but with, with my grandson, he has, um, I don't want to say auditory processing issues, sounds are a thing. And so when something gets really loud, he can't, it's, it's, it overwhelms and overstimulates his brain. So how do you do with sounds? Like, is that okay for you? Have you learned to just adjust to it? Yeah, I, I've, I would say for the most part, I've learned to adjust when I would like, again, when I was a young kid, I can remember that the things that impacted me the most was loud wind and thunder. Mm -hmm. um, and I think in some way, some form, they still do to an extent, but I've also learned to adjust to it in a certain way. But for example, when I go to like a football or a, or a hockey game, the sirens and the horns and the uproar of the crowds, they don't bother me at all because i think that that's a passion of mine that's something i'm very interested in oh, so, okay so no matter how loud the sound is it doesn't bother me however if it's wind or thunder i think there's still that childhood 
memory to that that's in my brain where I can deal with it no matter how loud it is, but it's my brain telling me that I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because as you're talking, I'm thinking this is part of what I think normal, not normal. It's not normal people. Um, The collective is as a, as a whole, right? Just in general people. When you say, right, I can handle the noise here, but maybe over here it's something different. In their minds, they're like, well, they're no different, blah, 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 blah. But the thing is, is that they don't understand everybody's brain processes different. It's no different than if you say, okay, let me take 100 children and teach them math one way and they all have to learn it that way. That's not how it works. No. And people have become so uh, ingrained that this is how we do it. This is how we have to do it. And that's where they get their little boxes because it keeps them safe. It keeps them comfortable. Well, I hate to break it to you, but children and adults with autism are not here to keep you comfortable. Get over it. <laughs> no, exactly. Like the, the, the one way I always put it is, because when I speak and, and teach to other individuals where they come to me with questions, especially in the school setting, kids will come to me with questions on how I did it or how I succeeded, is I would always encourage them and say that, look, you we should learn as an autistic individual. I encourage them to adapt to the way society works and the way they learn, how people who are not on the autistic spectrum, how they learn and how we as uh, individuals with autism, how we can communicate with them. Mm-hmm. Because we got to know how to learn that style in order to adapt to the world. However, I also followed up with people who do not have autism and cannot relate to you as much should also learn what it's like to be autistic in some way, some form yeah. too. I, I, and what I go to follow it up with that as is I say in some of my talks at the schools is I, I say to, to students, students, like your teachers do are great and they're doing a fantastic job, but don't let their opinion and their say be the number one factor. Like you have a voice, you, you can teach them the way you learn like teachers like I say, teachers get to know your students. Like there is not just one way to teach, like get to know what makes them tick, get to know their passions, get, get to know what makes them excited in the mornings, like anything. I, and I, I, I say this because, you know, I, I always, I always like to give the school some compliments because of course you want to come back as a speaker. You don't want to like, rat on the school you want to have a good name but i would i always say like school the school system works for a reason we see a lot of people graduate it works because you know they do a good job in the way they do but i always follow it up with we could do a lot better we could do a lot better is you know don't let there be one leader let there be multiple leaders yes well and i love that you're going into the schools because then what you're doing is you're empowering fellow students to support 
the neurodivergent students and helping them, bringing awareness to say, okay, how can you help any child in your class who is neurodivergent? What can you do to support them? How can you interact together? And I think that's really important because they're the future. All of those children in every elementary school and every junior high and every high school, they're the future of the countries that we live in. And mm -hmm. they need to know, they need to be educated. So where I live in Ohio, they do a very poor job of neurodiversity. They have a very poor job of educating people on how it works, what it is, and really supporting their students appropriately. Um, my grandson was really lucky that his second grade teacher out here, he moved from New Jersey, came here, and I believe it was his second grade teacher. She was absolutely amazing with him. Amazing. She helped him, or it was his helper. Amazing woman, you know, really understood him. And this is what we need to do. We need to start supporting in the schools while these children are young, because that's when you're most impressionable. They need to know that there's nothing wrong with them. They're just absolutely different. Right. When you're looking at children, you've got Asian children, white children, black children. You've got all different kinds, Indian children, you have all different kinds of cultures. Right. And to me, neurodiversity is no different than that. You can't control the color of your skin. You can't control the way your brain functions. And we need to be as open, loving and accepting as we are of that than we are of everything else. Mm -hmm. No. And the the thing with with teaching students a certain way is I believe that, you know, we have all these things with teaching them English, science, uh, history, gym, food class, auto mechanics. That's great. And I've heard this a lot in this, in the school system. And I think it's such a good idea is, is I think it would be a good idea. And a lot of people do too, is bringing in like certain classes where you learn about different cultures mm -hmm. like different like you learn about maybe uh neurodiversity autism maybe you learn about um uh, ind indigenous history uh mm -hmm. black history maybe here's an idea learn learn about how you can support people in the world like how you can come together as a community or even you know how to or even just as simple as you know what is love? I know it's basic and I know people would say, Oh, I know what love is, but do you really, do you really know what love is? Because no, they don't because they all have these conditions on it. Exactly. Love is unconditional. Love yes. is like pe people like to put expectations on love. That's not love. Not at all. I am with you 100% on that. And it drives me crazy when that happens, it drives me crazy. Um, so there was, well, oh, where is it? There was something I wanted to, oh, here's what I wanted to ask you. So ever since I found out that my grandson has autism, I, growing up, you know, you hear certain things. Well, people will say, I am bipolar. I am this, I am that. And so I, I correct people when they say, oh, your grandson is autistic. I say, no, he has autism. He is an amazing human being. He has it, but he is not 
autism defined. Does that make sense? That that actually makes a lot of sense. I'm, I'm glad you said that because that's one of the things where I've actually had a hard time with myself is because I actually prefer going off of I have autism rather than I'm autistic. Yes. And, and the interesting part of what that with me being a speaker and on social media is I'll post all these things on social media and someone will correct me and they'll say, nothing's wrong with saying aut aut you're autistic. Nothing's wrong with saying someone's autistic. And I'm, I'm thinking, I didn't say there was anything wrong with it. Like, right. it's just the way someone prefers. Like, it, it's like someone gets offended by you saying, I'm autistic or I have autism. So I, I don't know what I've done in some of my social media posts and some of my speeches is I've used actually both terms. I've said, I've said someone with autism, for example, may come about because autistic individuals, you see how I've used two yeah. in the same sentences? Yeah. Is because the thing with society now is everyone gets so offended so fast where you, you're almost kind of like, I'm trying to please both parties, but at the same time, I also want to be my own person. So when I get yeah. to talk on this podcast, it's kind of like there. I've just shared this is what I prefer. But when I go and speak, I'll speak about both just to, to make other individuals feel accepted too and not hurt. Yeah, I just whenever it, it just it is a thing for me because I don't ever, ever, ever want anybody to define my grandson by a diagnosis. It mm -hmm. is just a diagnosis. He is still a beautiful human being with a beautiful heart. And he just, he learns a little bit different, but his IQ is off the flipping chart beyond intelligent. And it just, you know, I don't want people to, I feel like if somebody says to him, oh, your grandson's autistic in my mind, right in my head, I feel like they just slapped a box on him. Mm hmm where if I say he has autism, that's still this big, wide open circle of expandability because now I don't feel like that limited him, right? It's just, this is something he's been diagnosed with. No, I, I, I totally agree. I, I think uh, I, I'm actually the same way. That's what I prefer. I think it, I think it's, for example, like, Another way to see the idea and example of it is if let's say someone works in um, let's say someone works in construction, for mm -hmm. example, it, it's if you if you could say, oh, uh, this guy, he does construction, but he also does this, this and this. That would yeah. be like saying, oh, he he has autism, but no, it's, it, we're substituting the word for construction right. or if you say, if you put autistic in there, but say it, it would be saying he, he does, he's a construction worker. Now I know that's what we say for the job title, but if you look at it that way, that's not all that individual does. He does other side hustles on the side. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's a loving husband. Maybe right. he has kids. So there's different layers to that. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. So from, from a mediumistic perspective, because I'm a medium, 
I sat in meditation and I asked my spirit guides very clearly. I'm like, okay, why, why do more males have autism than females? Because it's, if you look at the statistics, at least the last time I looked, there were more males diagnosed than females. It may be more 50, 50 now, but the last time I looked, it was more male dominant. And spirit had said that it is a beautiful way to change the patriarchy so that they're not so rigid in their thought process, but they're more open to the possibilities of what's out there rather than carrying on this very rigid, this is the way life has to be. We want you to see things more openly, which I thought was beautiful. I'm like, that's amazing because then it lets you step outside of what's expected of you and let you become whatever you choose to be rather than what somebody wants to define you as. Does that make sense? Yeah, that definitely makes sense. hundred percent. And I was, I was just amazed at that. And I don't know about you when you were a kid, but I have with my grandson and with um, just because I'm, I'm a medium, there are other, there are other children that I interact with that have autism as well. And one of the things that spirit has showed to me and explained to me is that people with autism basically have one foot in both worlds. It is easy enough for you to get in touch with spirit and listen to what your guides are telling you because you don't have this dogmatic cutoff from the other side of the world where, you know, your spirit guides are helping you and guiding you and giving you answers and showing you things. And it's beautiful. So when my grandson was nonverbal, when he was little, it was very odd. And he's the only person I've ever been able to do this with, but I could telepathically have a conversation with him. It was super interesting. So did you, do you, did you have any type of phenomenon like that happened to you when you were little, like knowing things before it happened, being able to talk to spirit guides, anything like that? Uh, not, not so much like that. I mean, uh, my spirituality is uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm a believer of Christ. That's that's my spirituality. So um, that with with me like dealing with uh, society and struggling with autism and stuff like uh, that's where I really connected to God is is through autism is because, you know, a lot of people say you can't do it without God. And depending on the person, whatever you believe in that, it's, it was very true for me is because you take a rich person or you take someone who feels like they have it all with like the talent or something like that, depending on the individual, it's like, well, they feel like they might not need anything. Or for me, it's like, I needed all the help I could get. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. So you're, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I finally can get a Christian on the podcast because not very many people will come on who are Christian because my belief system is a little bit different. I definitely believe in Jesus. I believe in all of that. Um, super amazing human being. Absolutely. And everybody has a name that they have for higher power. I'm comfortable using God. I mean, I was raised in a Christian household, but I'm really comfortable with God as the, the overall creator of everything. So what is, um, what does your spirituality mean to you? What is spirituality to you? I think spirituality to me is um, connecting 
to a source of beliefs and faith that's outside um, the human world. Mm. Outside, like, uh, because we're so dependent on uh, our phones is number one. We're so dependent on our jobs. Our and I and I even want to say like our own husbands and wives and kids. And I'm not trying to put that down in a bad way or anything. What I'm what I am saying is, you know, there's more to life than just your spouse and your kids. Like think about it from like who are you? It's like you can't just depend on your own family all the time. You need to discover who you are and who you are outside of the society and the universe. You know? I love that. That is absolutely beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. I basically consider myself an omniist more than anything. I believe there's truth in all religions, all of them, because they all were based off of something. And so many of them are so similar even though they have intricate differences. So I love how you just explained that. I think that's beautiful. How has, um, I love that you recognize that there's something bigger than just humanity. And so you would call it God. I would, I just call it spirit just because that's how I talk to them. Um, how has that been able to help you to cope with the things that you have to deal with having autism and not so much having autism, but handling the people who don't understand you having autism. <laughs> well, the biggest thing for me is I know that God has created me uh, equally and wonderfully made just as, as much as his, uh, his other people that he's created. So it's like, like they always say in the, in the beginning, uh, God created, uh, like uh male and female and mm -hmm. like all the creatures everything in it so i like it, it literally says like god said that it was good yes so when someone says autism limits you i go back to to scripture and i says that's not true like not once not once in creation in the bible did god ever say this limits because if i'm a creation that's not limit like it that means I'm limitless. Yes. Yeah. It's why, sh why should like, sure. It may take me longer to do something because maybe I don't learn the way someone is teaching it, or maybe I need to overcome some obstacles. Fair enough. Everyone has to overcome obstacles, but who's to say that I can't do anything I set my mind to because I believe that God has, God wants us all to succeed in our own yes. way. So why should someone with autism be sitting down in their parents' basement until they're 60 years old, waiting to die, never experiencing the world? It's not true. It's, it's, you, you've never heard that. I don't care what any scientist says. It's not true. I agree with you completely. It's, I feel like some of this is stuff that mankind has just created because they don't necessarily understand everything about autism. So they're like, oh, let's put some caps on it so that way we can understand it. Yeah. But we don't, I mean, humankind doesn't have the capacity to fully understand what spirit or God is because it's limitless. It's huge. It's omniscient. It's everything. And we are limited compared to God, period. We are. And I, I just, we're, 
if we were made in God's image, which is exactly what the Bible says, we were made in his image. So that means that no matter what your diagnosis is, no matter what your skin color is, no matter what you do, your gender identity, any of it, you are a part of God. And there's nothing wrong with that. You are perfect just the way you are. And we have to stop limiting people and saying, well, you can't do this or you can't do that just because it makes somebody else feel comfortable. Exactly. Absolutely. No, it's, it's uh, like, I mean, I could talk to, about this for a long time and ramble on because it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's something that unfortunately I don't think, I think there's so many people out there who are so stubborn in their own ways where you, you could, you could talk to them about autism and the new way of learning until they're dead in the face or, or blue in the face. I want to say is I think it's a lot of, you know, s some people have been brought up in a certain way for so long that, that no ma matter what you're going to tell them, unfortunately it's not going to sway their opinion. The only thing we can do is just keep talking. That's the only thing we can do and show examples. Yeah, live your life and prove them wrong. That exactly. That's what that's why I've always I've always told uh, told doctors or teachers or or coaches. Like I've had coaches in football that I played for where where I wanted to play a certain position where they say Christian, this position is not suited for you, and I say, okay, I'm going to prove you wrong, and they're like, yeah, go ahead, and I did. <laughs> Excellent. Good for you. Yeah. Yes, because here's the thing. They're never going to forget that lesson. Yeah. They'll never forget it. And that'll give them an opportunity to open up for somebody else who's going to come across for it. So I think it's beautiful that you're breaking those barriers and doing those things. So, and I'm going to ask you a question and feel free to say, I don't really want to talk about that. Were your parents advocates for you when you were young with the school system and everything else? Uh, yes, I would say so. I, I actually have never asked them that question in that form that way. I know that they, they wanted me to succeed and they did not they never put a limit or a barrier over me. So I, I know that they have, they do use words like saying that you struggle more in this way. And this is harder for you than most people, but they also say, let's see you succeed. I love that. Yeah. That is, you know, it's one of the things that I can say, and I'm going to get misty for a minute. So bear with me. It is one of the things I can say that I am beyond proud of my daughter because she has fought for my grandson from the moment that he was diagnosed to getting him all the help that he needed. She read all of these books. She read so much information to find out how did it happen? What about this? What about that? And she goes above and beyond to put him on a very specialized diet because his body doesn't react well to certain foods. And so there was something that she learned about when he was younger called the autism diet, where he is gluten-free, soy-free, and dairy-free. And his body really reacts very well to that. 
when he eats gluten, his body, like he's, he stems more when he eats gluten. I don't know what it is. I don't know how it affects his autism that way, but if he eats gluten, he stems more often and he has more behaviors. So she's like, okay, listen, what's going on? Did you have something at school you weren't supposed to have? Because he has such a beautiful, clean diet and she gives him beautiful, clean food. And she literally just posted on Facebook the other day and said, um, it was a picture of my grandson reading the label on his grass fed milk to say, oh, mom, I have to look. And if there's too many ingredients, I can't have it because he knows that he has to eat very organic foods or his body just really goes haywire. So do you have those kinds of dietary limitations or are you just, hey, I can eat anything? I've actually never experienced this kind of limitations. Um, I I pretty much can eat almost anything. Then again, I've never really looked into it myself. So mm. I'm not sure. But I have heard of that for sure with some individuals. Yeah, I mean, she made a huge difference in his life. And so she has to, because the schools, I like I wish that you could come here and speak to our schools in Ohio because- these schools are not very well educated on neurodiverse individuals. And so when she goes to school and tells them, hey, listen, he is gluten-free, soy-free, and dairy-free. Don't give it to him. They don't understand. They don't get it. And they will still give him foods that he shouldn't have because they're like, oh, well, I didn't think it had blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, only feed him what comes to school with him. Right. Period. And so it becomes really difficult that, you know, she tries working with them and bless her heart. She is so patient with them. I would have lost my shit a long time ago if I was her. <laughs> but she has done such an amazing job at raising him, you know, and his dad does the same thing. You know, they fight for him and they're such wonderful advocates. And I'll tell you, she had to like sit down with me and have a very strong talk with me. Mom, listen, this is how he is. You have to follow this. I'm his mother and you have to listen to me. And that was hard for me because I'm like, but I'm your mom and you have to listen to me. And she's like, um, no. <laughs> but this is my son. Yeah. Yes. And it was amazing. And I actually kind of just shut up and listened and I, it triggered me, but I knew that I needed to do it because you know, he doesn't do a whole lot. He's not super huggy, touchy, kissing. And I am, I, I show love by hugging and kissing. And so we had to find a way to work through that. And I love it. And I said to him, I'm like, you know, can Mimi give you a hug and a kiss? And his way of a hug and a kiss is he comes running up to me. He turns around, gives me his back and I'm allowed to bend down and kiss his head. And that is our hug and a kiss. And I hold that so near and dear to my heart when he lets me do it because he let me into his space. That's how I know he loved me because he let me into his space. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's a, that's a, that's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that. Oh my God. Um, I love him so much. He's changed my <laughs> life. All my, I have three grandbabies and they've all changed my life. They're amazing. It's just that I happen to be talking about him in this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, it's, uh, it's something that, I think we, they really should, I, they should have a subject on neurodiversity in school. I think it'd be very beneficial because now you're seeing with like the internet has become so powerful in, 
mm-hmm. positive, negative ways, all kinds of ways. But the one thing that's been very beneficial from social media is it's helped all individuals on the spectrum who have autism, who can now come out and post a video and share their story because they didn't have that before. Yeah. Like I was, I'll tell you one thing. I don't know if you remember this or not. When I was diagnosed, uh, so when I was diagnosed at seven, I think that was back around 2001. In 2001, from what I can remember, what I was told from family, friends, all that stuff, they they did not have an open mind about autism that much when I was diagnosed. No. Like, it was kind of more so, from what I can remember, what I was told is, this is your diagnosis, this is what you're capable of, this is what you should be aware of. There, there was not really much of, what about this idea? I have not a dream for this. It was like shut down almost. And what an amazing human being you've turned out to be. So I'm glad that you didn't listen to any of them. <laughs> because no, here you are sharing this beautiful message and bringing awareness to people so that they know, listen, we survive, we thrive, we do all these things. Um, yeah. I have, a, I have a very guilty pleasure that I watch on TV, which is 90 Day Fiance. Outside of that, there is a beautiful trans woman on the show who has autism. And she lives in London. And they have these um, neck bands like you can wear to indicate I have autism so that people know when they look at you, if I'm walking around with my headphones, it's because the sound is too loud. And I think it's a beautiful way that that city, even if it's just a country, is acknowledging adults with autism so that people around you are aware and can react appropriately. Especially because we have a lot of adults with autism who wear their headphones and they like to walk by themselves. And police officers don't always understand what's going on, especially if somebody matches a description of somebody and they come to talk to them, somebody who's, you know, neurodiverse may not understand what's going on, probably don't want to take off the headphones and they could seem combative where this, this simple little neck thing shows them, Hey, this is what it is. Yeah. No, I I think that's a really great idea. That's really cool. Um, I know, I know for me, that's been, uh, I try and for my story and my sake, I try not to do something like that. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I think if someone does that or wants to wear the neck thing, I think that's great. That's a great idea for me personally. I would choose not to. And the reason being is I like to n- let people know that for people to see that I don't have autism first, I want them to s- to like, if I was to say I have autism, I like to see the shock and the reactions mm. in people's eyes and say, almost kind of had that, no, like kind of had that, no, you can't be. I like that because then there's always that, well, autism doesn't have a look like, yeah, I, I like to prove them wrong with me speaking comfortably in front of an audience because they hear, well, people with autism, they can't speak very well. It's what I'm doing is I'm saying, yes, but you can overcome if you set your mind to something. Yes. And it's, it's, I like to prove people wrong and put that shock initially in people's, 
brains and their minds and second guess themselves because once they say or think that I don't know if he's if he has autism or I don't this can't be then it's my opportunity to say okay here's my story listen to this I love that I think that's beautiful and you know I agree with you that there are there are cases for both of those right wearing the neck mm-hmm. then or not wearing it um, she only wears it when she is super in a in a triggered state just so that it you know, if, if people see her like this, that they'll understand what's going on for her specifically and in, in her reaction to things. So, but I totally understand that. And I and I think it's beautiful because you're right. There's something to be said when you get that. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. And I think it's, it's powerful. Like, uh, I will say that, that, it's crazy because when I first got into speaking the, the first I've always, I've always had a, a love for the stage and I've, I've loved the adrenaline rush. That's why I started with acting. Mm. I don't know if I said much of that or not, but I, I've always loved acting growing up. And when I got into speaking, I, I always just loved the idea of sharing my story. But when after my speech, my message, when a few kids started coming up to me and saying, that story really impacted me and you really spoke to me. I, I, maybe they said, I, they'll say, I have some questions for you too, like follow up. That was where it really impacted me. And it, I kind of had a new revelation where it was, I love, it was kind of like, I love the speaking. I love the adrenaline rush. But this just gave me a whole new love for speaking where mm-hmm. this is this is more than a being about the stage. This is about changing people's lives. Yeah. And yeah. I never really thought of that until I have people come up to me after the message. Yeah, because you are literally by speaking out, telling your story and doing all the things you are giving people a voice. You're giving them hope. You're giving them something to hold on to to say, oh. I am not alone, right? Mm-hmm. And you are changing the world one person at a time, every single time you speak, every time you do something. And I think that's to be commended. And I applaud you for that. And I am super grateful that I found you to be able to have this so that we could do this because I think it's important. People need to understand. I totally agree. So we are coming to, I can't believe it's already been 50 minutes. <laughs> it goes so fast. So we're coming to the end of our time. What is one thing that you would like to leave with the audience for this is just the most important thing I need you to understand or to take away from someone who has autism? One thing I want to leave people with here today is maybe you're here today and maybe you you don't have autism, maybe you don't have a family member who has autism, maybe you don't know anybody, and that's totally cool. Maybe you can't relate to my story or what we've talked about. I understand that, but let me leave this with you for people who can't understand autism right now is, have you ever been told that you can't do something? Have you ever been told that you're not good enough, that people don't like you in your social circle, that they don't want to be your friend anymore, that you've been told that your dream is unachievable, unattainable, that that maybe you feel like the earth 
her world may be better off without you. Let me tell you something, my friends. People with autism face that every single day. Mm. So that's one thing you can really relate to autism with. For the for the individuals listening who do have autism, this one's for you. Don't let anyone tell you that you can't do something. So hear it from my story because I'm a testament to that. Is I the sky's the limit. Is if you have a dream and it's not the stereotype or the label that says, oh, maybe autistic or autism, you can't do it. I'll tell you one thing. If it takes you 70 or 80 years or your whole lifetime just to achieve that one thing that you have in your heart that you really want to achieve, that's still success. Mm -hmm. That is still success. It doesn't have to be achieved today or tomorrow or five years from now. It can be achieved the day before you die. When people say you can't, I say, yes, you can. So I will say this is if you liked me on the show um, today and you want to hear more, I do speak at schools and public events just starting up, believe it or not. I just started last year. So uh, just getting going. So if you want to hear more, hit me up my social media links. Uh, give me a follow. Send me a DM, a message, an email. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure we have all that information already on the podcast. We do. We do. I'll have it listed on the podcast. So if anybody wants to follow Christian, you can find him on TikTok as Christian underscore Armstrong eighty four. And if you want to find him on Instagram, it is Christian Armstrong underscore motivates underscore. And talk to them about your website that you're going to be releasing soon. Yeah. So my website will be coming hopefully within the next week or two. That's the goal. Fingers crossed. Uh, but very soon, regardless, is um, this website will be a, a launch for me to reach a bigger audience. It's uh, it'll be Christian motivates.com. And I'll, give you some more information once you follow me on those social media links we that's where i will announce potentially new events coming out where i'm going to speak i will have a shop if you like merchandise i know i'm wearing my logo my hat up on here it's uh it's actually my business is called christian motivates so what it is, is the logo. What it represents is there's a lion and then there's a storybook underneath. And what the lion represents is this individual, which was me as a kid, where th I was shy and they say, you're ready. You're ready to pounce. You're ready to roar. Mm. But you know it is, is you have that bold lion inside of you where your story needs to be shared and, and you're ready to, to uplift someone and change the world. So what it is, is that lion represents the lion, that boldness, that confidence and the storybook beneath it is a storybook unfolding, like the confidence of the story mm -hmm. unfolding into its own. So that's the story behind the logo. Oh so my God, that's beautiful. I love it. If you want to buy merchandise, which once the website launches, 
uh, there will be an option for either PayPal or credit card. So you can go there and get your stuff. I'll be a customer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Christian. I am so, so grateful. Thank you for being on here with me today and spending the last 55 minutes with me. I am so, so grateful for you. And I am hoping and praying that this message will get spread far and wide for everybody who needs to listen, needs to know that people with autism are not limited. They are limitless. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on here today. It means the world. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to everybody who is listening. We appreciate you. Please make sure that you go to the website and find all of his links, wtfspirit.com. Thank you so much.